1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hello, my name is Jake and Orton, and this is Peculiar, because church people are weird. Well, hello there. It's been a minute, and um, I had every intention of recording some episodes over the course of Christmas, and uh, I did post one YouTube only, but I believe it's time to return. Happy New Year, and um, I haven't had time to just sit down and do a full-on episode, but... I did preach a message this uh, last night at church, and I'm going to upload that here. It's an hour long, a lot longer than our typical content, so hopefully that'll tide you over, and we'll be back next week. So without further ado, let's get into the message for today. Turning to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 19, and verse number 1 is where we're going to get started. 1 Kings, chapter number 19, verse number 1. This story uh, may be familiar to some of you if you've uh, been around a little bit and heard some of our familiar stories. Uh, We're going to be hopping in at where we usually end this popular story. Uh, Elijah has just stood up to the prophets of the wicked King Ahab and wicked King Queen Jezebel. It wasn't a king and a king. It was a king and a queen. And so he had his showdown. He stood up to the prophets of the false prophets of Baal, and they had a showdown. God answered by fire, and their God answered with nothing. And in the end, the God that answered by fire was declared to be God. He ended up having those wicked prophets, those false prophets were killed. And the true prophet stood up. Uh, And in the end... 450 false prophets dead, and then the wicked queen heard that her false prophets were dead. Even though God had sent rain to the land after a seven-year drought, now, now what? It's, the, the, the drought is gone, it's over. And so wicked queen Jezebel is unhappy because her false prophets are dead. He, Ahab came and told his wife... All that Elijah had done. That's where we pick up. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Uh, Lord, this microphone's doing it again, y'all. Uh, well, I may do some of that, but a sec. All right, Ahab told Jezebel all about that. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, Let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow. She's saying, I'm going to get you killed. I'm going to get you killed and dead. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came to sit down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. He said, it's enough, Lord. Take away my life. I'm no better than my, than my fathers. I'm no better than my ancestors. No one who's come before is any better than me. So just let me die. I might as well be dead, Lord. 
He laid down and he slept under the tree. And then an angel touched his feet and told him, Arise and eat. And then he wakes up and an angel is serving him dinner. Well, maybe breakfast. I don't know what time it was. So. Yeah, we don't know. He he woke up and he had food cooking. The angel had cooked him food. He eats, he drinks, and with an angel still standing there, he falls back to sleep. Don't know how that works, but he did it. He fell asleep with an angel looking at him. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he wakes up again, and the angel has made him a whole new meal. A whole new meal. And... He did eat and drink. The angel came and said, rising up, you got to go on a journey, and it's too much for you to do it on an empty stomach. He rose, he ate, he drank, and then went on the strength of that meal for 40 days and 40 nights, which means he did not eat again until 40 days was up and he made it to the mountain. Some kind of meal. It's a, it's a miracle meal from an angel, apparently. So, good deal. So, he gets to his destination. He comes to a cave at the top of a mountain, he, he stays there, he lodges there, and then God comes to him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? God told Abraham, not Abraham, Elijah, what are you doing here? So uh, with that, I'm going to hop to the New Testament for a second. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read in Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to read it. Verse 24, this is probably a more popular story to you guys. This is actually the story that we tell in Sunday school. Matthew chapter 14, verse number 24 says, The ship was in the middle of the sea, tossed with waves. The wind was contrary. That means the wind was being a problem. The wind was being a problem. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus comes to them walking on the water. We've all seen the pictures of Jesus walking on the water, I'm sure. You've heard about Jesus walking on the sea or the water, whatever the case it may be. Yeah, because the sea, sea is what it says up there on the, on the wall behind me. Because that's sea, okay. Yeah, it's also what it says on the water. Water, the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. They said, It's a ghost. They thought he was a ghost. And he, um, we get to the next verse, and it says, Right out, straight away, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I, be not afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, if this isn't a ghost, come on and tell me to join you on the water. And I don't know how a ghost couldn't have told him to join him on the water, but anyway. Uh, he said, come on. And Peter came out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, a lot of times we focus on what happens next. But for now, let's focus on the fact Peter walked on water. And that's good. Uh, as far as I know, the total population of human beings who have been born and walked on water on this planet is two. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Peter and Jesus. That's, I, I, as far as I know, it's only, the, it's only them two, y'all. So he did pretty good. <laughs> But then wind got loud, and Peter got scared, and he started sinking, and he cried, Lord, save me! And immediately Jesus reached forth his hand, caught him, and said to him, O thee of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? All right, let's all pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you have said to us. Lord, I pray that you would help me to say what you want me to say in this place today. That you would not let me get off topic. That you wouldn't let my words stick with your words. That I would say what you want me to say, God. That I would be a good microphone, a good echo for what your spirit is saying to the church today, Lord. In Jesus' name, let us hear, not only hear your word, but do it also. In Amen.
You all may be seated if you're not being seated already. So, I'm going to ask you the way that I asked uh, the last time I did this message. Sure, the most peaceful thing that you can imagine this side of heaven. If you could imagine the perfect peaceful scenario, what would you picture? Right here and right now. Wow, all right. Yeah. Can't get any more peaceful than this. Praise the Lord. Uh, all right, anybody else? What, what, you, what you got? In my boat at about 6 o'clock in the morning. In boat, 6 o'clock in the morning, still waters, the beach, in Panama. Sleeping. I, I heard... So far, that's the only one that anyone else said last time I asked that question, sleeping. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Right, right after the kid goes to sleep. Right after the kid goes to sleep. I think she means both the kids. Read her shirt. It says, raising my husband is exhausting. I think she means both the toddler and the adult. So, <laughs> anyway, um, now I offered my answer. One of the best experiences, most peaceful things that I can picture was my morning walk that I did during our vacation to Galveston this past year when we would walk out at sunrise there's no one else on the beach you're watching the sun come up and you're walking down the beach and praying that was a very relaxing peaceful moment for me uh, another one uh, back in 2019 in the midst of some of the chaos going on one of the most peaceful things for me was to go to Penny Rowell State Park walk the trails have a journal in hand and just kind of just walk around and do whatever. It was nice. I didn't have to follow any sort of rules. Sure, there was a trail, but walking in that, it was pretty great. Um, I'm going to revert back to uh, something on the screen here. I go back to my, uh, yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. On the beach during the zombie apocalypse. That sounds so much more peaceful. <laughs> Dear stand, yeah. Uh, someone, t someone told me last time I asked this question in my easy chair drinking my coffee. So that was that was another. One that I thought might resonate with some of y'all. So, and then someone just up and disobeyed all my rules and told me heaven last time I asked this question. I'm like, I said this side of earth. I said this side, this side of heaven. Yeah, up in glory, I'm sure that's going to be great. But meanwhile, here on earth, we've got an issue trying to find peace. Okay. Um, so there's an ecologist by the name of Gordon Hempton, and he says there's only 12 places left in the United States of America that he believes are truly silent. I, how many of you agree that our world is loud? And it's really hard to find a place where you really just, it's silent and you don't have to worry about anything. His definition of silence is you can go 15 minutes without hearing any noise caused by people. Well, yeah, the beach would count if you're in the middle, but if you, once you hear a helicopter fly overhead, it's no longer silent by his definition. Once you hear other people come out, it's no longer silent. Once you hear a horn off in the distance from the morning traffic, it's no longer silent. He said 15 minutes without any people noise. No phones, no cars, no planes, no helicopters. He said, the issue is that you used to be able to go out in the middle of the woods, and if you're not near a highway, you're not going to hear people noise. But that don't stop the, the roads in the sky. That don't stop the helicopters. That don't stop the planes. Um, or the jetpacks, jet, jet maybe. I don't know. <laughs> 
but anyway, the reason for that is because Gordon Hempton is one of those guys. How many of you guys ever go to sleep with the noise of ocean waves playing on your phone? Yeah, or to the sound of nature sounds or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So any he he record his job was recording soundscapes. Stuff like that where you could just hear nature noises. And back in the day he used to record on tapes that were 15 minutes long. <laughs> he used to record tapes that were 15 minutes long. And then of course maybe he looped them. I don't know how they worked. But yeah, he used to record 15 minute long tapes. Now, if you can go somewhere and you can hear a human made noise within 15 minutes, it doesn't work for his job. <laughs> he really likes his silence. He likes his solitude. He likes his peace. Uh, but issue is, it's really hard to find these days. You want another proof that the world has gotten louder? There is a book that came out recently by a woman named Lee Mars, and she wrote, uh, the title of this book is Golden, based on the, based on the saying, silence is golden. <laughs> uh, she's talking about the difficulty of finding silence in our modern world. One example of how, lar how loud our modern world has gotten, she talks about emergency sirens, the stuff that you hear on your fire trucks, police cars, and ambulances. Yeah, those things. Wee woo, wee woo. Cor Corbin got one of those the other day, and she he, she said, "What sound does your new truck make?" Wee woo, wee woo. Yeah. So the issue is, so in 19, uh, the sirens have to be louder than the background noise. If it's not louder than the background noise, you don't know to get out of the way. <laughs> you don't know to get out of the way. You don't know what emergency is happening. So in 1912, researchers found that from 11 feet away, emergency sirens rung in at 96 decibels. In 1974, from 11 miles away, they now measured 114 decibels. They had to get louder because the background noise got louder. So in 2019, they did a test again. Did it get louder or quieter? How much louder? <laughs> 123 decibels. So from 1912 to 2019, it went from 96 to 123. That don't sound like a lot, but every 10 decibels is about 10 times more pressure on our ears. We register that as about double the amount of sound. So from 1912 to 2019, our world has apparently gotten about six times louder, according to this scale. More people, more technology, louder trucks, louder cars, uh, and just, you, you know, a funny thing, now I'm sure in the realm of emergency vehicles, the noise pollution in little old Mary, Marion, Kentucky is not a whole lot of an issue. I'm, I'm sure around here you don't really think of noise pollution as a primary problem. Uh, but, you know, there is this one difference to think about. Just think about this. 30 years ago, you're out sitting in your deer stand in the woods. You're out on a hike in the woods. You're anywhere just separated far away from civilization. What's the chance you hear a ringing phone? 30 years ago, 1993. Not very high, you're going to hear a ringing phone in the middle of the woods. <laughs> it, it was possible. They existed. <laughs> those, those brick phones, those brick bag phones. Yeah, you're not very likely to hear a sudden ringing phone in the middle of the woods, though. Now I highly doubt any of you go hunting without a cell phone in your pocket because emergencies happen. Now, some of you might, but... Some of you might go hiking, hunting, off in the middle of nowhere, and still have a phone on you, but, yeah. Now, just 10 years ago, if you were to go camping, you could not send out a text message to anybody. <laughs> 10 years ago, you were not likely, because I assure you, uh, I actually said, 
I actually was talking to Sister Acres about this last night. I I said in the middle of when you're camping. She said three years ago, if you were off at Penny Rowell, you wouldn't be sending off a text message. Three years ago, you would not be able to send out a text message. But now the slogan is more bars and more places. They're building up new cell towers. I remember that my dad loves to tell the story about when we were on the way to church on these back roads. I could not send out a text message. And I was so frustrated because I really wanted to text my girlfriend, my 14-year-old girlfriend, because 14-year-old relationships are so serious. (laughs) Oh, man, those teenagers (laughs) among the audience. (laughs) I assure you. None of y'all remember my 14-year-old relationships except for maybe Bobby in Texas. <laughs> no. Anyway, moving on. That's not the point. The point is that cell reception has gotten better. Now you can text. You can call. You can make your video calls, whether you're, you call it FaceTime or something else on a non-Apple device. Uh, Snapchat. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere, anytime you want, because you've got to have that cell reception. About the only place you can't get it these days is in the middle of the ocean on a yacht, on a cruise. Not, not a whole lot of places that are untouched by civilization. It's the middle of the ocean or the back roads way out there. <laughs> uh, the world is louder, and the issue with being louder is it's hard to hear what matters most and that's not just in the physical world uh so around here we've got this saying that really has been ringing in my ears part of our mission statement pastor pastor reminded you of our mission statement uh on sunday when he announced the theme that we are once again talking about how important it is to reach our world but part of that mission statement is really ringing out in my ears today I want to hear you I want to say can you hear the cry can you hear the cry of the lost is what we talk about in that mission statement there's a story about a German church in the early days of the Holocaust uh, that really kind of reminds me of this story a train ran directly behind the building So every once in a while during their service, you would hear the loud rumbling of the tracks. You would hear the train whistle, and you would have, and you know, it's the early day of the Holocaust. The balls were probably a little bit thinner. It was a little bit different. It was probably a little less well put together, and you literally could hear nothing when it rolled by, (laughs) unless you were really loud. But as that train rolled by. They, they, they had heard the news of what was happening with the Jews. They thought it was terrible. What could they do about it, though? One Sunday, the train comes rumbling through during service, but they noticed something different. It wasn't just a loud train whistle. It wasn't just rumbling tracks. They heard screaming. They heard crying. They heard the Jews being shipped like cattle directly to a concentration camp. What's the church to do? They sang. The piano got louder. The vocals rang higher. They brought up the tempo. And the man who shared the story said this, if some of the screams reached our ears, we just sing louder. If some of the screams reached our ears, we just sing a little louder. You see, it's so often that we've been guilty of just that. Now, we, we, we're stressed, we're worried, but we're just going to have some good church. I know some of us have been guilty of that. It, 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 we're stressed, we're worried, there's a problem in the world right now. We've got issues we got to fix. We've got sin in our lives, we've got problems, and we've got people out there that are dying lost and going to hell but we can just sing a little louder we'll preach a little more we'll call in another outside preacher we'll put somebody up we'll listen to another we'll listen to another message we'll listen to this we'll listen to that and hopefully it won't stress us out maybe we'll read a book maybe we'll listen to another song maybe we'll just put in another earbud maybe we'll do something different something a little bit different we just we we can't deal with that right now 
You see, though, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9, he said, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is no one in this world that God does not want to see saved. If you're in this place right now, you've not been saved. God doesn't want you to be lost. If you're worried, if you've not lived out the full plan of salvation, can you hear it? God's calling out to you and he doesn't want you to be lost. You see, God has called each of us. He wants us all. He said that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's John chapter 3, verse number 15. All of these things are good. All these things are great. It's great to hear the songs that are sung behind this piano and played on the drums and, and sung out to each and every person. We hear great preaching all the time in this church. But God wants you to know that he's calling out to you. Can you hear the cry? Not just the cry of the lost. There is a cry coming from heaven. And God wants to see everyone saved. God wants to see everyone come to repentance. God wants to see you baptized in Jesus' name. He wants to see you filled with the Holy Ghost. He wants to see your life changed and transformed. You see, we, we so often get caught up. We, we clap along to the songs and we sing and we worship and maybe we'll, we'll do some of that but God wants to see so much more he wants to see a life truly transformed it's so easy to distract ourselves even with the good things of the church yeah, uh, so often we can even come into church and still be distracted from God's purpose. You can be inside the church building and still be distracted from God's purpose. You know where Elijah went to in our story today? Where did Elijah go in our story? Do you remember? Where did Elijah run to? He didn't, he didn't go to a river. Not in our story today. He... It's, he went off to a cave in a mountain. Do you, do you know where the mountain was? That's, that's correct. It is in the Middle East. Good job. What would you say? Not, not Syria. It is in Israel. It's, I know. It's in Israel. <laughs> not, not bad. He went to a place that he simply called the Mountain of God. Yeah, it's the mountain of God. It's the same place where Moses got the Ten Commandments. At least that's what they think it is. The same place Moses got the Ten Commandments. The same place where, the, where God's cloud was up all around it when Moses was up there and they heard lightning and thunder and were told not to touch the mountain because the presence of God was too holy for them. And only Moses could be up there. Only Moses could hear what God had to say. So Elijah went there. Now, like I said, would everybody agree that God likes to show up at church? God likes to show up at church. And we think if we're in church, we should be able to get to the presence of God. I, I certainly hope that any time you want to in this church, you can get in the presence of God. And when Moses got into the presence of God on that mountain, he heard lightning. He saw thunder. I said that backwards. He heard thunder and saw lightning. That's how that works. There was a great big cloud uh, that was God's presence that came down. The Shekinah glory of God, as the holy people do say. It's the visible presence of God comes down. He's, and in our story, we end up hearing God comes to Elijah and he says, What are you doing here? The voice of God comes to Elijah and says, what are you doing here? I feel like a lot of times God says that to us in this place. Every time you come into this place, I believe God is asking us, what are you doing here, Preston? What are you doing here, Alexis? What are you doing here, Myra? What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Tristan? Well, Elijah's answer was, Lord, I've been very zealous for you. And I've stood for you when no one else would stand for you. And they've killed every one of your prophets. And I'm the only one left. And now they want to kill me too. 
Elijah came to church that day. I'm going to say he came to church that day because he was stressed out, he was worried, and he didn't know what to do next. That's why a lot of people come to church. That's why a lot of people try to get in the presence of God. And a lot of people want the big, incredible, undeniable move of God to happen. I mean, isn't it great when we have those moves of God, when everybody starts shaking around and moving around and this and that? Isn't it great when somebody gets the Holy Ghost for the first time? Isn't it great when there's that loud declaration and someone comes in and prophesies and we see great stuff happen? That's awesome. Elijah sees fire. Elijah sees an earthquake happen. Elijah sees a big storm happen. He sees undeniable, mighty things happen. And it says after each and every one of those things, and God was not in the earthquake. And God was not in the fire. And God was not in the storm. God was not calling out of the big, obvious, loud stuff. God wanted Elijah to have a different experience. Sometimes we say, I'm going to go to the house of God because that's where big, cool, awesome stuff happens and God talks to me in an obvious way. But once the noise died down, that's when they were able to hear God speak. That's when, uh, that's when it says, and God came to him in a still, small voice. Now, if I were preaching this anywhere besides a Pentecostal church, that's the note when they would want to that when they would want to shout amen. Because Pentecostals don't like hearing still small voice altar calls. <laughs> now, of course, some of y'all might be thinking, eh, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, God's voice could be heard not in the loud stuff, not in the visible stuff, not in the crazy stuff. God's voice was heard when the noise died down. How much extra noise are you adding on that's keeping you from hearing God's voice? What are you looking for that is not how God wants to speak? When God wanted to speak, he said... Again, in a still, small voice, what are you doing here, Elijah? Guess what? After all the crazy, loud, messed up stuff, God's question didn't change. So often we're trying to hear God speak, and we're hoping that once we go through all the mess, God's going to want us to do something different. He's asking the same question again. And Elijah still answers the same way. And after that, after going through all that stuff, God simply says, okay, now here's what you do. I want you to go anoint this guy. Go pray for that guy. Go do this. And by the way, you're not alone. I've got other people who you can depend on, who are standing with you. Can you hear God speaking? Can you hear his cry? God is calling to you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to get right in the middle of your mess. But you need to let the noise die down. So let's, let's talk about Peter. Peter heard the call of God. Peter heard the call of God. He was doing God's will. But there was a mess going on. There was noise. There was waves. There was wind. There was a storm. And in the middle of the noise, the waves, the wind, and the storm, God says, come to me. Come out from among them. Come do something that no one else is doing. 
and, and uh, your world may be chaotic. There may be a storm going on. You may be thinking, I'm doing exactly what God told me to do, but there's a storm, there's a mess, there's so much going on. I, I am doing the best I know to do. So you step out, you come out from among the people, you do something no one else is doing, you go to the altar when no one else goes, you pray when no one else prays, and you, you worship and sing when no one else worships or sings, you come out. And God said, come to me. I know there's a storm going on, there's so much going on, but go ahead, take that first step. And he took the step, and then the noise got to him. He saw, he saw a wave. He heard the wind. He heard the thunder. And he didn't know what to do. And for a second, he takes his focus off of Jesus. And when he takes his focus off of Jesus, it don't matter that he stepped out. It don't matter that he's doing what no one else is doing. It don't matter he's taking that big step. But now, he starts to sink. He starts to sink. Peter starts to sink. Has anyone ever stepped out and done something that no one else was doing? Because you're trying to follow Jesus? You're trying to follow Jesus, so you decide I'm going to do what no one else is doing? You decide I'm going to pray when no one else prays. I'm going to worship when no one else worships. I'm going to do what no one else will do. And I'm going to say stuff that no one else is willing to say. And I'm going to speak the truth of God in the middle of a world that is in no way right. And then you notice that stuff doesn't get any better. You notice that your parents are still not getting along. You notice you still live in a house that ain't too great. You notice that school doesn't get better. It might even get worse. Because before, at least I had a boat to stick with. Now, I'm literally standing in the middle of nothing. Yeah. And then you start to feel like you're sinking. You feel like you have nothing stable anymore. So, can you hear the words of Jesus? Peter was pretty sure he heard the word of Jesus. He was pretty sure Jesus was there. He was like, a second ago I was making it. So he said, Lord, save me. You see, he heard the cry of God. So he figured if I can hear him, I'm going to take the chance that he can hear me. So he called out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out to him. When he put his focus back on the target of where he needed to be focused, he got back where Jesus called him to be. You see, the storm might be going on. The mess might be going on. But he knew the voice of Jesus was available. So there's what we're focusing on. We're talking, I mentioned the call of the lost, but what about the call of Christ? Because the call of Christ does, is the, if we don't know the call of Christ, the call of the lost does not matter. Because the lost don't know what they want. You see, this world does not know what they really want. Amen. Well, they may know what they really want, they don't know what they really need. Let's talk about what this world thinks they need. This world wants money. You don't need money. You don't need to be rich. You don't need all that. You need Jesus' heavenly riches. You need what God has to offer you. You need, you see, if we, if we will lay up treasures in heaven, there is nothing that can steal it from you. This world wants sex. This world wants intimate connections with other people. They want, they, and they want it with whoever, whenever, what they want. 
But you see, God has a true love to give you. What you're wanting, what this world needs is love. But they are so focused on, here's the fun stuff. Here's a momentary, here's a momentary piece of enjoyment. Here's something I can enjoy for just a second. But they're pledging themselves to something that will never truly satisfy. It won't satisfy outside the plan of God. What you need is to get in the presence of the Lord. Let the Lord's love wash over you because when you let the love of God wash over you, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then you're going to feel a love that you've never felt before that's greater than anything else you've ever felt. This world wants to eat whatever they want whenever they want. They want their bellies filled. They want snacks. They want candy. They want they want good food. They want this. They want that. I mean, how often are you seeing these ads? Oh, you can eat whatever you want and still lose weight. How many times have you seen that? You can eat whatever you want and still lose weight. I, oh, I, well, maybe you just seeing different ads than I'm seeing, man. You can eat whatever you want as long as you got. Look, you don't have to eat that special food. You don't have to eat this, that. You, you can just add, just follow my weight loss program, and you will get muscles and still be able to eat all the food you ever want to eat. Man, that's. Hey, hey, I'm just telling you the ads that they putting out there in the world. No, everyone wants to still be able to do whatever they want and get the results they want at the same time. But you see, what you need is not another <clears throat> snack. You don't need another little little piece of junk food. You don't need this. You don't need that. You need the Lord God. He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Job said that the words of his, his mouth is better than my food, better than anything that I can eat, anything else. You want to satisfy, and I'm not just talking about your belly, honestly. I'm talking about I want what I want when I want it right now, right here. Yes, food's a good illustration for that. But I want to watch the next video on my phone. I, I want to log on to that website. I want to log on to this. I'm going to log on to that. I want to watch TV all night long. I don't want to live a healthy lifestyle. I just want to do what I want when I want it right here, right now. Gluttony is still a sin. Jesus is what we need to depend on. And by that same note, they're looking for the next high. They're looking for the next drug. They're looking for another puff of smoke off of a cigarette, another puff of smoke. Uh, they want another little bit of a vape. They want another hit of this, another hit of that. They want, they want to get high. They want to get all up in their own heads with their own little stuff, and they want the drugs inspiring their mind. But honestly, the joy of the Lord is greater than any high, greater than any this world can offer greater than your alcohol it's greater than your vape it's greater than marijuana it's greater than anything else this world has to offer and I know I'm not going to get a whole lot of claps but I, because I know a whole lot of you are get caught up in that but it's true Jesus can offer you joy and peace and love greater than anything this world has to offer it's still the truth. God is trying to cry out to you. You want a place to fit in. And he's more than welcome and ready to welcome you into this family. He, he was called a friend of sinners. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to live up to anyone's expectations except for he will welcome you in at any state, at any point, at any time. He's ready to welcome you in. We must hear the voice of God if we ever want to be able to offer the answer to anyone else's question. Because there's a lot of people who got a lot of questions for y'all. Anyone ever had anyone ask you a question you just did not know the answer to? Let me just put it this way. What you need if you don't know the answer to somebody's question... The Holy Ghost will teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. Luke chapter 12, verse number 12. 
Sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 1 Peter 3.15 God is always speaking and he's ready to tell you your next step. And your life is not your own. You are bought with a price. He wants to transform you. The Holy Ghost. The new birth. Be born again of the water and of the Spirit. God is always ready to speak to us. The question is, are we listening to God? I asked that question last night when I was teaching this. Are, you, are, you, are we listening? God's always speaking. Are we always listening? And someone said, yes. And I said, man, you are so much more spiritual than me. I don't believe that kid. <laughs> there are so many other voices always distracting us. How many notifications a day do you receive on your devices? You don't need, they don't even have to be from people, y'all. It's still a notification on your phone. It can be a notification from TikTok, so-and-so you're subscribed to. Made a post. Hey, I, I'm not saying anybody has to like you. Random people send you emails. You got telemarketers coming in your, coming in your business. You get, you get notifications because Facebook said you haven't read so-and-so's post. That wasn't even about you. You get notifications from YouTube because people are posting videos. And, I, and if you're a smart person, you've turned off notifications on your phone. But hey, there's all kinds of voices distracting us. If you log on to YouTube and watch a video, there's a voice there to distract you. If you log on to Facebook, there's voices to distract you. If you log on to Twitter, TikTok, if you log on to Instagram, if you log on to Reddit, I don't know. I assure you, there are people, I knew there would be somebody. <laughs> well, I guess that I'm probably the only one who does then. It's not an old people thing, it's a nerd thing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway there's all kinds of voices everywhere always ready to distract you and you can block your own ears from the call of God what is it that blocks our ears as I said you got social media you've also got movies ready to make all kinds of noise you've got TV shows to make noise you've got streaming services to make noise you've got music that makes noise in your ears at any given moment of any given day some of y'all have friends, some of y'all do not have friends, and some of y'all, the, the fact that you don't have friends is what's making noise to you. You need to talk to somebody. You need to reach out to someone. You need a friend. You got family that's calling out and screaming in your ears, telling you a different thing than God tells you. You've got fear calling out to you. You've got... I know maybe not all of you, but some of y'all are really worried about politics. Some of y'all are really worried about your job. Some of y'all are really worried about school. Some of y'all are really worried because the devil is constantly ready to tempt you. And yes, this list could go on forever. Someone find me Romans chapter 8. Anyone able to find me Romans chapter 8? You know, some of y'all can. Romans chapter 8. I'll find it if you don't. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse number 35. I got, I got it if no one else does. All right, read it out for us all. Read it loud. Preach it to us, Bethany. You already got pulled up. Preach it. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or sword? Keep on going. More. And that I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other 
I read a lot of stuff in those verses. We've got tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. We have death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, any other creature. And in all of these things, he ends up saying, none of these things can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a lot of stuff ready to scream out to you and talk to you. But we can find peace. I recently read a story, and I'm about to wrap up with this story here. I recently read a story about a man that was born deaf. When he was a young man in his 20s, he got hearing aids for the first time. Problem was, he lived in a big city. So, very first time he's ever heard anything, he hears big soy, he hears big city traffic. And he throws away his hearing aids within a month. Because he would rather be deaf than hear the noises of a big city. I feel like Bobby is feeling what this man is feeling. <laughs> Uh, it's quiet. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's not. It's it's not the reaction to it, it was funny. Well, <laughs> so because it's too loud, he throws away his hearing aids. Years later, he's married. He and his wife move out to the country for the first time, out to a cabin in the middle of the woods. She keeps trying to convince him to get hearing aids again. It's quieter here, I promise. He finally relents one day, and when he puts the hearing aids in, he was astonished how it was. He had thought that downtown traffic was the sound of the wind, and that's why he had never got hearing aids again. Because he thought, that's just how the wind sounds. He couldn't believe that the mere change of scenery was enough to give him so much more peace. So what am I saying here? If you want to hear the voice of God, you may just need a change of scenery. But I can't move out of my house. I don't have the option to move. I don't have the option to not go to school. I don't have the option to not go to work. And that's where all, all these other voices speaking to me are. How can I change my scenery? There are choices you can make that will drastically change the way you hear. I mentioned social media. You can choose what voices you're listening to on there. Guess what? You can even live without social media. I know it's a shocker. But guess what, guys? It is possible to live without Snapchat. It is possible to live without Snapchat. It is possible to live without Instagram. It is possible to live without these things. I dare you. Just try it for 21 days and see what happens. You can choose different friends. You can choose different friends. It's an option. You can choose to not watch the same movies and TV shows anymore. If they have messages that go against the message of God, cut them off and see what happens in your life. Guess what? If your music doesn't glorify God, it's going to be really hard to hear the voice of God. You can choose to listen to different things. In fact, there are so many. There is actually good music out there that glorifies God. Any genre that you want, they offer it. Now, it may not be quite as good in some places and in some spaces. But just like anything else, if you change what you eat, eventually you will change your taste. All of these things can be way too loud. Psalm 91.1 says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Matthew 11.28 says, Take my load upon you, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come in me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you rest.
There, are, there I, I'm, I'm closing here. Can I get my music? The prayer closet. He says, if you would pray, go into your closet, shut the door behind you, and your Father which sees in secret will reward you openly. That secret place, that prayer closet, that cave that Elijah found himself in, the upper room where the Holy Ghost was first poured out, the garden where Jesus prayed and got in the presence of God before he had to go face the cross. Wherever your place is, prayer is the key to learning to hear God's voice. There is, there's an issue. So many of us don't know the will of God because we can't hear the voice of God. It's impossible to know what someone wants without asking them, without, guess what? None of you here are mind readers, as far as I know. I, I may be shockingly surprised. Okay. Yeah. Some of y'all, some of y'all think you know, guess what? If you can't see God, if you're not listening to God, I assure you, you don't know the will of God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these last few verses here, and I will be all ready to wrap up, okay? i got some final verses I'm going to read. Just listen to this. Hold on. It, it moved on me. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Listen to that. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Your world doesn't have to be good to have the peace of God. Your life doesn't have to be good to have the peace of God. God can give you peace. God can give you the ability to feel at peace in every situation. He can give you this. He will keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have heard, which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Does anybody here want peace? You can you can say yes. I, I, yeah. If you want peace, I just read you the recipe to have the peace of God. I talked about all those voices that you hear all the time. Anyone here just feel like you have an entire committee of people inside your head just telling you this and that? And here's what you need to do. Yeah. You've got an entire committee of people, and you don't know what to do. You're stressed out sometimes. Yeah. All the time. There's, here's, here's where you can go. That song, is it true? Is it honest? Is it fair? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it, is it a good report? If, is there virtue and praise? Do I need to listen to it? advice so-and-so just told me is it true honest just that that movie are the things it's showing true honest just pure what I just read on social media is it true honest just pure all these things I hate to say it but so much of what we what we do would be utterly eliminated if we stuck with this role but I dare say you would be able to hear God so much better if we would do these things. If we would let this be our litmus test. If we would let this be the test we give everything. So if you would, I want us to evaluate our lives today. 
It may, it may feel thinky. It may feel like an emotional thing. I don't know how you're feeling on it. But here's what I want you to pray. If you can find the Bible, find it. If it's on your phone, I will allow you. I will allow that. If you think that you will be distracted if you use a phone, you can come to me and I will help you find the Bible. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, 8, and 9. Turn to those verses. And I want you to find a spot and pray through that. Read those words. And check what voices you're listening to right now and whether or not they line up with the words of that verse. And if you want, you can just find a spot and pray and think through those words that I said. True, honest, just, lovely. True, honest, just, lovely, pure, good report, virtue, praise. Can I praise God with that? Is it lovely? Is it pure? All those words, think through them. Am I listening to that? Is that what I'm listening to? Is that what my life's living up to? Evaluate that. Because when we evaluate our lives by these rules, you will be able to hear I once again. Let's find a spot and let's pray today.